Good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Paul Hewitt. I'm the chairman and CEO of Corora Resources. Happy to be here today and explain a bit about our company. Thanks, Scott. With me is Oliver Turner here, our VP of Corporate Development. Can I run? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just excited to run you through some of the gold and nickel updates that we have for you. That's good. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're here, conference in Colorado Springs. Uh, how far away is and uh, never mind how far it is for me. Did they let you into the country? This time. They, this time. They, they, they allowed you, right? Two years, two years ago, they did. Because I, I think I remember having you come one time and immigration wouldn't let you come through, but yep. that's another story. Sorry. Another story. <laughs> Nothing to do with drugs. Um, right. Okay. We, we are here. We, all the big companies are here, right? It's, it's quite, quite an amazing conference. There's super big companies, super big uh, funds. Money is here. Corporates are here. Trying to, a little bit of looking at who's who. Um, and you know, what could be, but what are you trying to get out of it? Yeah, look, um, just, just a bit of background about our company for those who are unfamiliar with us. Crora Resources is a gold company. Uh, we, we're gonna produce, we've got a range of 145 to 160,000 ounces this year. Uh, half the year done, we've already done 80,000 ounces. So we're off to a great start this year. Uh, we're located in one of the most prolific areas in the world. We're located in Western Australia which is a great place to be. We have a very, very large land package. In fact, as a junior, um, we have the largest land package in Western Australia along the Kalgoorlie area as a Zulika trend. We own about 2,000 square kilometers. And um, we, we bought two mills in the last couple of years. Both of them are running at capacity and we've grown our resources. So I know, Matt, we, we're trying to tell the views in a short time here. So. I'm just going to stick to the high levels. We started off here um, four years ago when I joined the company as CEO with about 400,000 ounces of gold. Um, today, we're sitting on about 2.4 million ounces of gold. Uh, and that's only with about two years of drilling. Because the first two years, we didn't drill at Beta Hunt until we renegotiated a significant royalty that was handcuffing our area. So two years of drilling, 2.4 million ounces, and that's after producing 400,000 ounces. So look, we, we're, we're on a very exciting place to be. Uh, we've identified seven new shears, uh, Cowsill, Mason, Sorensen, Fletcher, all these new areas, Larkin, all of them. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice here. <clears throat> all of these new areas are excluded from our existing resource. So we've got some very exciting stuff coming up and I'm just going to flip it over. I know we're tight for time here, but I want to let Oliver talk about the nickel because we're a very unique company in the sense that we're, we are producing gold um, and we've gone from zero to where we are this year, 150 to 160,000, and we've got some nickel in our story. So over to you, Oliver. Yeah, thanks, Paul. And uh, if it, the nickel side of the story is certainly exciting and something that we've heard uh, both at this conference and last week's conference at Beaver Creek. It's a lot of interest, not only in the gold side of the story, but the nickel side of the story from very large institutions, a lot of whom are on our, our shareholder register we're meeting with while we're here. Uh, so the nickel side of the story, uh, for some quick context here, Beta Hunt, which is our primary asset in Western Australia, was a nickel mine for 35 years and over 66,000 tons of nickel were mined over that period. Fast forward through to today, and Paul's just talked about the gold growth story that we've uh, executed on over the last four years. While also in that mine are 35,000 nickel tons that we have today 
drilled out in resource. And for those of you in the nickel space, it's 2.7% and no arsenic in it. So a very, very clean product. As we're expanding the gold operation over the course of the next year, we're also going to be ramping up nickel production to a rate of probably what was historically mined is not, not achievable. Uh, they're producing 3,500 nickel tons historically, and we're certainly aiming to potentially meet that in the future. So both gold and nickel growth with some fantastic grades that'll drive byproduct credits uh, for the next several years. And sorry, Matt, just to add on to what Oliver's saying. So at the moment, current market cap of our company, $750 million Canadian, we have a billion dollars of nickel drilled out from a drill bit. We put out our first technical report, Q4 of 22, a billion dollars of nickel that exists already on the ground from a drill bit in a jurisdiction that produced some of the best quality nickel with a concentrator four kilometers away from our doorstep. And we have two gold mills that we're feeding from our own ore source. So how, how do you get the value for that? The, I know it's pounds on the ground, et cetera, but how do you get the value for that? It's a billion bucks. Is it best in the current vehicle? Is it best spun out of that vehicle? Can they be mined separately? Well, yeah, so look, we've been asked, uh, I don't know, a number of times, both me and Oliver, uh, would you spin out your nickel? The, the simple answer is, is no. Look, you're looking at a, a textbook case study of synergies here. We got the gold and the nickel together. If you were to spin that nickel out on its own, the, the, the people would have to try to mine in the same decline as we're in, Matt. Right. So the, the reality is, look, that's what happened before. The people who were mining this before us, they sold their gold rights. Yeah. So they put in all that infrastructure, 400 kilometers worth of tunnels. Imagine that, that's $2 billion worth of tunnels. Put in all that infrastructure and left the gold there. So it would be ridiculous for us to keep, we just put in a second decline, yeah. all this infrastructure and sell our nickel rights. It's absolutely ludicrous. We just needed some time to get the gold, get our feet planted, and now start generating the nickel and the gold together. Right, so you learn from the past, uh, no spin out. So nickel is a byproduct. What does that do in terms of reducing the cost of the yeah, so gold? It's, so it's, a, it's completely separate, right? So in our case, we have gold shears. We have nickel that sits in troughs above it. They're about 10 meters apart, so it's very easy for us to not co-mingle it. And we, we, do, we don't co-mingle it. We mine the ore of the gold separately, we ship it to either one of our plants, then we mine the nickel, and the whole ore goes to BHP's concentrator four to five kilometers away. And, and look, I'll just real quickly, I know it's a quick video here, quick update. We, we've had some very good early stages lithium, not to complicate our story, because we are gold and nickel, but we've, we've discovered some pegmatites and some lithium on our property, rather than distracting our team so that we could remain focused on the gold and the nickel, uh, we've decided to spin that out in another vehicle, Cali Metals. So stay tuned for that. They'll be IPOing it. It's a way for us to not spend money from Corora, who's doing quite well, not distract the existing management team, and then create value for our shareholders. We're always looking ways to create value for our shareholders. You know, I hear CEOs say it all the time, time and time again, how to create value for our shareholders. We really mean this. Look, we've gotten the gold into a steady state production. The nickel's coming online. We've we've hired a very strong MD with Lee Junk. We're spinning out this lithium, which is going to create a vehicle so that we can have some value for from we we're doing nothing with it. Okay, so obviously, typical market for precious metals for the last years. Um, you guys are going to get into the creative growth, I think, which is better than what we're seeing elsewhere for sure. But the original question was: You come here to do what? Let's just speak to some of your existing shareholders, certainly institutional guys and girls. 
Are you, is there new money here? Is there new money interested in PGCs? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So we've had, uh, again, two back-to-back conferences with Beaver Creek last week and, and obviously Denver Gold this week. Uh, we have had several new investors come into the story, institutions, some which were familiar with where we were a year ago and are very impressed with the progress that we've made over the course of the last year. So they're comfortable entering at these prices, which has been great. We've had our existing shareholder base, you know, take updates and some of them even increasing their position over the last uh, the last period, which has been really encouraging. So I think for the right names, and you mentioned earlier, you know, if, uh, if you're a producer, you're producing cash flow, you have a funded growth plan like we do. We've done two financings. One was at the beginning when the company needed some working capital and the second one was to acquire the Lakewood Mill. Everything else has been funded from cash flow from operations and there's visibility on that over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, we have $72 million in cash today so in a very healthy robust place generating strong cash flows a lot of interest for that and, right. and at these conferences. Okay, and, it's, and again in terms of positioning yourselves for those companies you know people love to kind of say, oh, we're going to be in mid-tier. But you kind of got to get there. You got to produce the answers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, These funds yeah. want to see that and they want to see how you allocate that carbon best or turn the carbon invested. So you've, it's tidying up the balance sheet somewhat after all of this acquisition and investment. Um, you are, the exploration side is obviously critical. To yes. get uh, look, it's, it's absolutely important to our success. Right, absolutely. so how much are we spending on that? Yeah, so look, I, I'm just going to reiterate what Oliver said. So two financings, one was done back when I started in 2008. 1819 and the other one for the mill uh 2022 so th those are the only financings we are very much shareholders in this story as well so we're very careful about diluting ourselves um what was your question again it's ba basically you're going to move towards being a mid-tier to do that you've got to do spend money on a number of things oh the the, the sorry the expiration yeah so look here's a good way to look at it when the royalties were in place here, that whole jurisdiction we talked about, mm -hmm. 2,000 square kilometers, there was uh, a Morgan Stanley royalty is over 7%. Our beta hunt mine had a 7.5% royalty. Most people already know we've managed to eliminate the Morgan Stanley. We've reduced the Mavericks by approximately 40%. After we've done that, um, we've started drilling anywhere from 20 to 22 million a year. We're going to step that up. But just to give you a sense of where it was before, when the royalties were in place, people who owned the mine before us were spending about $300,000 a year. So you put that into context. You go from $300,000 a year to over 20. Next year, our budget will be closer to $30 million. And, and there's value in that drill, but you can see it in the outsides. Look, if we get this thing to a $5 million ounce deposit, which is absolutely realistic given where we are, we're at $2.4 million now. Seven shears are excluded from the resource. This thing is a beast. This thing is a beast, Matt. Right, okay. Then, um, so that gives you the scale, but what's the, what's the cost of those answers? Yeah, look, there's a good question. Oliver says this at every meeting we go into. So in our case, we're very fortunate. It costs us around 32 to $36 an ounce Australian right. to find an ounce. And look, what are some people paying for an ounce of gold? Depending on where it is, depending on which jurisdiction, I've seen people pay three to $700 an ounce. Uh, people are paying very, very high prices for gold. and. Look, I, I worked in Nevada for years. I was, even for Newmont, we were $71 an ounce. This this price that we're paying in an Australian base, you can't find a better return on capital for our shareholders than putting it in the ground. So what's that? That's, that's point, point six for the moment, but the U.S. laws in Syria, we're about yeah, under 20 bucks, U.S. Does that sound right, right? 30, yeah, it's yeah, around just that, trying to get right? Yeah, yeah, about 20 bucks an ounce, U.S. Just yeah, mild on that. Yeah. Okay, and you, know, and you reach that point, five, five million ounces of 
resumes. When we get there, yeah. When you get there, does that, what's the end game? Uh, look, there, there's no end game. You keep pushing. You keep pushing because this thing is big. Look, right. we have open areas south of the Gamma Fault that are untested. You know, we, we boast about some historic drills that they're 9.5 meters of 11% nickel. Uh, we tested just uh, just north of that. Uh, we drilled a whole bunch of holes. We had a discovery hole in nickel. We had four meters of 40 gram gold. This is in a whole area that we haven't been able to drill because we're putting in the infrastructure and the ventilation to get access to it. Now, we're doing it now. The third vent raise is going into play in Q4 of 2023. So we're getting giving ourselves access to a whole new areas as we continue to grow these two blocks. We got the beta block and non block that, that'll continue to yield ounces on a paralleling shears. Right, and I've got to ask this question because I've asked everyone else. We're talking to Aussie CEOs and they say, producers, and they're saying there's a new sort of economic reality in terms of the, the cost, baseline cost yeah. in Australia, right? It's potentially 25, 30% more than it used to be. So that's the new reality we need to get used to. Clearly, gold's been doing a good job. It's got a bit further to go. But how do you protect your margins? Yeah, I love you to look. look. I think you can never, ever discount that gold is over $3,000 an ounce Australia. Remember that. $3,000 an ounce Australia. All our bills, everything we pay is in Australia with uh, some GNA because we're TSX listed. But at the end of the day, $3,000 an ounce gold is good. However, um, we're not unlike the other companies where some of the margins we're seeing disappear because of labor costs and some other prices on on diesels, actually diesels actually settle down, but cyanide, anything, you name anything. Costs have come up, there's gonna be a new norm. We're very fortunate that we have that nickel as a byproduct credit that will allow us to reduce some of those costs. I, I don't know of another company that's even here. Look, and there's a lot of good companies here, don't get me wrong, there's some great companies here. You won't find many that are gold producer that have that nickel. And we're starting to bring that nickel on the line. If we can get 150 to $200 an ounce reduction, that'd be huge for us. So. No, everyone's at 1200 uh, an ounce, we're at 1000 That's a tremendous place to be. That protects the margins for our shareholders. U.S. then? U.S., yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I apologize, I shipped it. So if people are at 1200 U.S. in Australia, and that's probably the new norm, um, and we get our nickel into steady state commercial production, and we're not there yet. We've been producing nickel for four years, but at a very small scale. We've seen uh, what, over 35 to $65 an ounce reduction in our ACE. So there's nothing wrong with that, don't get me wrong. Um, but we, we know we can step it up significantly here. We've been doing maybe a thousand tons a month. Look, Lee Junk has run a lot of operations. He'll, he, we'll get to that 10,000 tons of ore of nickel per month in the future. It's not a 24 thing, but shortly thereafter, he'll, we'll get there. Okay, well, thanks for you. Whole set undervalued. That's good to see how should we're undervalued. How do I value your company? How should I run? What am I looking for? What am I looking at? Yeah, I mean there's there's a couple ways to look at it. And I think one of the most important things before you believe what we talk about, what we're gonna do in the future, you gotta look at track record of delivery first, right? So we've consistently delivered production quarter after quarter. We've delivered, I would argue some of the best resource growth in the industry from 400,000 to 2.4 million ounces. You've got another update later this year that shows more of that. So when we start to do some of these projections and you sit down, you have a conversation, you look at the scale of beta hunt and we talk about how, how big it could get, you know, there's a lot of credibility in what we did in the past. So you value it based on what you think is going to be added, 
not what's on the resource statement today. That's in terms of ounces. On the nickel side of things, it's basically rewind to where we were three years ago. We told everyone we're going to deliver quarter after quarter on the gold. We're going to ramp up tonnage slowly. We're saying that right now. We're going to do the same thing with this nickel. So starting to price some of that in and bring that forward is a really good way to look at the story. Uh, and if you look at where we are sitting relative to the peer groups, the you know, peer group, depending on which broker you talk to right now, is 0.5 to 0.6 times NAV for that junior uh, to smaller mid-tier peer group. Right now, we're sitting just at the top end of the, that range, but none of that growth is priced in at this point in time. So uh, definitely, I uh, know a good opportunity to pick up the stock at these levels, like a lot of the institutions have been doing over the past two weeks, and that's always a good indication. Just the man. All right, good to see you, man. Good to see you. All right, take care. I'm really good to see you. Thanks for all the best. Take care.